Welcome to another inspirational message from City Life Center Church. If you are ever in the area, come visit one of our services. We would love to meet you. Enjoy the message. All right. Woo. All right, guys, take a look at the screens. Let's say our scripture together. This is our theme scripture for 2016. Come on, say it with me. For enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. This is what the Lord says, stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths, ask where the good way is, and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. Are you in? All right, let's go. God bless you. Have a seat. Hey, I'm so delighted that you're here, and I'm ready for us to get into God's Word. Open your Bibles to 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. 1 Chronicles 4, 9. And you know what? I, I'm going to ask you guys if you will bring up the house lights just a little bit. Some of you mentioned it's hard seeing your Bibles, and I, I want you to see it. So, so let's bring up the house lights so we can see the Bible's just a little clearer during this time. But this narrow road, this ancient path that we're talking about is what I call Adventure Highway. There's nothing dull, boring, or unfulfilling about this adventure highway of being a believer in Jesus Christ. Uh, the cool thing is, is God's with us on the journey. He walks with us. He goes with us. He gives us his presence and his direction and his blessings. And, uh, and when we're persistent in our prayers, he clears the path for us. So I just want to tell you guys this. To start off today, no matter what's going on in your life, keep calling on Jesus and never, never, never give up. All right? Hey, yeah, thank you so much. You know, prayer is really simple because it's just talking to Jesus with this attitude of humility. And we're, we're using this terminology in this series on prayer. It's called touching the sky. And, and this whole thing of, we're just saying we touch the sky when we fall to our knees. It's kind of like that song we just sang a few minutes ago. Now, I, you know, I, and I'm not saying that you necessarily need to literally fall on your knees, uh, because I, I know from personal experience, if you fall on your knee, you can break a bone that way. It, it can happen. But, but, but since my knee has been healing, I have resumed even personally the posture of kneeling before God. It's, it's a really a physical posture that, that is kind of a, an outgrowth of the uh, posture of my heart before God. And, and that's the posture that I want to have before God, which is one of humility. So I humbly and boldly go to God because prayer can change your life. Prayer can change the world. In fact, it's so cool because several folks from City Life Prayer Team uh, were out on the streets yesterday praying for God's blessing right here in this neighborhood. Not obnoxious, not, not waving flags or, or you know, shaking tambourines or anything like that, but you wouldn't even know what they were doing, just walking through the neighborhood, but praying. And, and, uh, and I simply believe that when we do this, when we touch the sky, our boundaries expand. See, what they were doing yesterday here in the neighborhood is they were expounding boundaries even for your lives and, and, and things that would hold us back from our destiny and, and things, boundaries that might prevent our church from reaching our destiny or you from reaching your destiny. And this works. In fact, several years ago, I asked a missionary friend of mine, uh, I, 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 said, I said, Mike, I want you to help me. I, I really want a missions project that I can just dig my teeth into, and I want something really hard. And uh, I, I, said, I said, will you just allow me and people of the congregation that I was a part of, will you allow 
us to just come alongside of you and assist you. And I want you to give me the most challenging project that you're working on in your nation. He <laughs> says, okay. <laughs> he said, well, there's a city of about 150,000 people in central Mexico, and it is filled with idolatry. There's never been a Christian evangelical witness in that city. In fact, for hundreds of years, there's, the history is people have attempted to start churches there and do ministries in the city, but they've been driven out through death threats and assault and, and uh, hostile intimidations. It's an ugly place. But he said, I, I just feel like we need to start a Bible-believing church there, but I have no idea how to make it happen without people getting hurt. And, uh, and he's just like, he knew that it was next to impossible for it to happen in the natural, but, and, and, and it's because based on the, that atmosphere and the history of the city and, and their violent expressions toward evangelical Christians, it would be really challenging. So what do we do? Well, what we did with him is we creatively came together with him. He was my friend, and he always has been. We were just talking about this a few days ago. Uh, he and I were. This happened 20 years ago, but we kind of locked arms together, and, and under his authority and guidance, because he's the guy who knows what's going on, not me, but I led a team of seven individuals to this city in central Mexico called, central Mexico called San Juan de los Lagos, and we came there just to fast and pray and seek God for the city. We humbly requested that God would do something amazing there in the city. God would give us relationships and that we would be able to establish a thriving church. Because, listen, this is, this is true. God wants his people to pray big, to believe big, to dream big, and to impact big. So what we did is we prayed in faith yet very much undercover, kind of like functioning like special forces, special ops, you know. And God began opening doors through this unprecedented set of circumstances. And something that honestly I'd never seen before. And, and, and my missionary friend says he'd never seen anything like that before and he hasn't even seen anything like that since. It was unique. But what we did is we went into the community very subtly and not stirring up anything, but we just prayed specifically for one thing, that God would give us a person who would give us the city. And on our fourth day of prayer there, the mayor of the city greeted a couple of our prayer team members who were on the streets and he invited them and all the rest of us, he found out there were several other Americans there, to come and visit him in his office in the city hall. And within a couple of hours, we were all there and after spending some time with him and having dinner, he then invited us back to the city to do all types of things. We began dreaming and imagining what we could do right there with the mayor to set up business meetings, to do dramas, to do compassion work in the city. And here's what happened. After two years, after that initial prayer journey, I had sent over 450 people into that community to do ministry. We were able to establish a strong local church, which was the first church that preached the gospel in, that, in the history of that city. We saw over 2,000 people come to Christ in city crusades. Those city crusades were actually blessed by the government, and the, they, they provided us the city auditorium free of charge for our dramas one night after the next after the next. We ministered to the poor. We ministered to the hurting and the hungry and those who were incarcerated. And, and, just, and we provided training for business leaders. And we provided training for some government leaders. And we gave police training and, and, and fire and emergency rescue training. I just brought my friends up from here and said, hey, come on, mayors. Come on, police chiefs. Come on, fire chiefs. Yeah, let's just head down there and, and let, let's do some stuff. And we distributed Bibles into all the local public schools. And, and every time I would take my teams down, down there, we would find ourselves being escorted by their local police wherever we went. 
I know it sounds crazy, but this is real, it happened. And due to our work there, as we were there, one day the mayor said, hey, uh, the, my, my friend uh, who is the governor, he said he wants to, to meet you. So he goes, I've got a bus for us. We're all going to take this bus into the city where he is, uh, just down the road about an hour and a half away. And we're going to head into the city called Guanajuato. There we met the future president of Mexico, Vincente Fox. And I, I firmly believe that this happened simply because God's people were humble and we prayed. The, the, the Bible even tells us this in 1 Chronicles 4, 9. And I, you've turned there in your Bibles, and it tells us this story of someone who prayed. And here's his story. It says, Jabez, that's his name, he was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother gave, named him Jabez because they named them after like whatever they were thinking at the moment. I gave birth to him in pain, so his name means a pain. He's a, he's a pain maker. He's just a pain. <laughs> How'd you like that to be your name? Hey, pain in the, in the wherever, womb, I don't know. But, but uh, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. Look at this. Here's what I love. Oh, that you would bless me in spite of my name. Enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I'll be free from pain. See? And God granted his request. Last week, I shared with you some of the uh, prayer principles that are in this story, really just four simple parts to his prayer. Here they are again. First of all, he says, oh, that you would bless me. And the way that we translate that, even for us, is like, hey, we just pray in our prayers, Jesus, bless me. Come on, say that with me. Say, Jesus, bless my life. Say it. Jesus, bless my life. Second way that he prayed was, he's prayed, enlarge my territory. And, and we, we translate that for us. And I shared this last week is Jesus, increase my influence and opportunities. Come, will you pray that with me right now? Come on, say it. Jesus, increase my influence and opportunities. And today, we have these last three parts. As he said, let your hand be with me, which is where he's saying, Jesus, give me your presence and direction. And the last one is, keep me from harm so that I'll be free from pain, which is basically, Jesus, protect me. Now, this prayer is not a magic formula, but it's just simply a, a method of prayer that one man used but he made his mark on the world as a result. He, he touched the sky, and he was humble, and he pressed through. And if we're going to touch the sky, we, we need to press through. I'm telling you guys, don't give up. Even if things look worse today than they did when you started praying. And, and, and many of the keys to pressing through are actually found in those two little verses of Scripture. And one of the things that we need to do to press through is to live in a way that's honorable. I believe that has significance there. In fact, it says that Jabez was more honorable than the rest of his family. How would you like that if, if, if it was written about you in the Bible? You're more honorable than your brothers. Like, wow, that's pretty cool. But what is an honorable person? Well, I mean, what makes a person honorable? It's the way that you live your life. It's when you're a person of your word. It's, it's when you give div dignity and respect to the least among you. It's where you resist a status quo lifestyle instead of just chasing after the latest pleasure or external satisfaction that culture tells us to pursue here in the city. You see, I don't want to expend my life on a relentless pursuit, endless pursuit of pleasures out there and then become an average Christian. In, in my opinion... I think in the opinion of God's word, a status quo, average Christianity just doesn't cut it. 
I mean, who wants to be average? <laughs> Not me. I mean, I want to press through. I want to make a difference. Jesus had something to say to this one particular church, and it was in this ancient Greek city of Laodicea, and, and he got on to them for being average. And he, he said, I know your deeds, and so they were doing things for God, but he said, you're neither hot nor cold, and I wish that you were one or the other, so because you're lukewarm, you're just like, me, average? If you're not hot or cold, I just want to spit you out of my mouth. I'm a picture of it. I wouldn't want God to say that to our church. I don't want God to say that to me. That's why I believe it's right for us to fall to our knees and touch the sky and to pray even this ancient prayer. And this man, Jabez, he prayed. He said, let your hand be with me. And, and the, again, the way we translate that for us is, Jesus, give me your presence and direction. Will you guys pray that with me even right now? Uh, that little brief segment to the Lord right now. Come on, say it with me. Jesus, give me your presence and direct. And when we pray that way, I believe his hand will rest on us. When I was a little kid, I vividly recall the hand of my dad on my shoulder. And I, I remember how large my dad's hand was. And today, when I see my dad, his hand doesn't look nearly as large as it did back then. But, but I, I remember dad's hand as a little child, and I would study my dad's hand, and it was strong, and it was rugged, and it was capable of, of, of accomplishing so much. Anything could happen with my dad's hands. But when he placed it on my shoulder, and I remember it so often, I would feel daddy's hand on my shoulder. It calmed me, and it also directed me, because dad could take, touch my shoulder and just turn the little boy in a different direction. And I, I never felt afraid when dad's hand was on me. And the truth is, I knew when dad's hand was on me, I could do anything. In fact, I, 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 I have a, this particular credit card where you, can, where you can allow any picture that you have to be on the front of your credit card. I do. It's, it's kind of a cool thing. So I sent them this little picture. I want this on my credit card. And it's a picture of my dad and his hand on my shoulders. We're looking over the Grand Canyon. Don't have to be afraid of anything, son. So you press through with God's hand on your life. So when we pray this, when we pray, Jesus, give me your presence and your direction. I, I believe he responds and he puts his hand on us. But I know you might be saying, God's hand, you know, what does it mean? And, and the truth is that the, the imagery of my dad's hand, I, I think that analogy is appropriate, but, but if we look at scriptures, we even get a more accurate picture of the, the function of God's hand. When I was preparing for this message, what I did is I researched everything that I could find in the scriptures about the hand of God, and, and here are the things that I found. I found out what God's hand is. God's hand is really two simple things. God's hand is powerful, and God's hand is mighty. That's it. That's what I, do I want that? Yes. But now that we know what God's hand is, then I, I found other things, several things that God's hand brings to us. He has a powerful, mighty hand, but he brings us courage. He, the hand of God gives you favor with others. The hand of God gives us unity of purpose. The hand of God gives us satisfaction of our desires. The hand of God brings us miracles. So, so are you seeing this, guys? When we're praying, like Jabez, for God's hand to be with us, Jesus, give me your presence and, and direction that God brings us some huge things. Okay, 
But the next part is, as I kept studying the scriptures, I found several things that talked about how God's hand actually gets to be upon our lives. And I found very, three very simple actions all through the Bible. And here they are. The, the simple actions are this, choosing to act on God's word. That means when God speaks to you, when you hear from God, you do it. You just, you take action on it. You also choosing to be a worshiper is another big one. See, that, that means really being a person of gratitude. In other words, you, you tell God what you're grateful for. That's what we were just doing a few moments ago. We were giving you the words for it. But you can even have your own words of saying, God, I'm grateful for this. And, and just be specific. And then the third way to obtain God's hand on your life is to choose prayer, which is what this series is about. So act on God's word. Be a worshiper, a person of gratitude, and pray. It's simple. But all of that also demands humility and falling on our knees so that we can touch the sky. The second, though, really the final part of Jabez's prayer that I'm talking about, which is the fourth part of, of the prayer, the second part I'm talking about today, is where he says this, keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And really the simplified way of praying that for us is, Jesus, protect me. In fact, will you pray that with me? Jesus, protect me. Come on, say it again. Jesus, protect. See, we need God's protection all the time. In fact, I remember when, when uh, I was in San Juan de los Lagos and... Uh, no kidding, there, I did see this angry, there was this angry woman, and she started in Spanish saying evangelical, and, and she, she picked up a stone, and I heard that they would, they would throw rocks and throw stones at, at believers there. That's one of the intimidation tactics, and, and this is after we had been there several times, and she started doing it. I was like, okay, I, wanted, I was like, God, protect me, protect me, protect my team, protect, and, and this, is, this is true. What I did is I kind of started going through the market, trying to kind of quietly disappear, and then these police officers found me, and they surrounded me in the market. I'll tell you, at that point, I actually got a little more scared, because I thought, they're going to put me in the jail, and I've seen the inside of the jail, and it's not a place that I want to be. It's really kind of scary in there. Really, I was a bit afraid, and, but then one of them explained to me the best that he could. He said that they were sent by El Presidente de Ciudad, which, which I guess, you know, is, is the president of the city. That's what it meant. They were sent to protect me. And I was amazed that day at the literal, physical blessing that that prayer brought. God's protection helped me press through, and the others as well. So guys, press through with the protection of God and ask for it. Go after that protection. I mean, the Apostle Paul says, take up that shield of faith with which you can dis extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. And, and you can press through through all types of negative situations if you just keep that shield of faith in place. The nice thing about a shield is you can move it around whenever you need it. It's a form of protection. We just simply have to believe and have faith. But guys, please understand this. Faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by some type of corresponding action associated with that faith, that faith is actually dead. Now, this is the mistake a lot of people make with faith. And God's protection, it comes as we sincerely believe in the unbelievable, but we also take action on what we're hearing. We take action on what we're believing for. So, so my, my, my challenge here is to press through also by taking consistent forward action. It demands it. 
It's to say, I'm just going to take another step forward, even though I don't feel like it, even though I'm scared. And, and you keep taking steps forward toward the direction of the miracle that you've been praying for and be determined that you're going there. If you have faith for financial provision and you take action by going above and beyond at your current job, you just might get a raise or even by searching for a new job that's going to provide for you even more. A lot, last week I shared with you my story of my dark time when I had relocated to this area and I had faith for the new ministry that I was going to lead. I also had faith for the provision for my family, but I also took consistent forward action all the time. Even though I didn't have a paying job, every day I would get up and I would go to work. <laughs> I would just go do something. And, and, and what I did is I met with people. I chose to enlarge my relationship base. And, and I, I would go and prepare proposals for contract consulting work. And, and then eventually I was able to find a full-time job. And even though it wasn't in my pastor field, it paid the bills. You see, dead faith is praying and then sitting around waiting for something to happen. Living faith is praying and taking action based upon what you're praying for. And this is the exciting joy of following Jesus. This is the adventure I'm talking about. And, and it, your adventure highway is a faith journey. It's, it's this, this thing of moving closer and closer to God because every step you take, every step of faith, every action you take is simply moving you closer to him. In Psalm 84, we, we hear and we read about this really interesting journey. It's this pilgrimage that some people were taking because they desired to go from where they lived to the place where the, the temple was. And, and, and they were on this, this journey, and it's probably a day and night journey, and, and they had this passion to, I guess in a sense, take the ancient path to find God. And, and in this poetic psalm, uh, song in Psalm 84, we hear about their pilgrimage. And a little excerpt from that song is said right here. It says these words, it says, blessed are those who dwell in your house. They are ever praising you. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. As they pass through the valley of Baca, and that happens to be a very dry, terrible, arid, horrible valley. They make it a place of springs, and the autumn rains also cover it with pools. And they go from strength to strength until they appear before God in Zion. Really, that's a picture of our journey. This valley of Baca, this low desert place, this dry, parched place, the pilgrimage took them through the dry, parched place, this low place of weakness, but, but, but the truth is, is they didn't just acquiesce to the heat and the dryness and the pain of the dark place. No, what they did is, this is cool, look at it, it says they transformed it. They transformed the low place into the place of springs, a place covered with pools. It is the place now of strength. So, so guys, please understand this. You might be in a desert, but that low place is not your destiny. And in the middle of your low place, I'm going to ask you to keep continuing to give worship and praise to God and don't stop your, your spirit of gratitude because you're in the dry valley. You can transform that valley. There's always a way to be grateful, even in the worst of your situations. 
Some of you, you are in the worst of your situations right now. You need to make your low place into a place of life. In fact, I think we all need to do that regularly. Take action. Don't don't allow the low place to dictate your destiny. (laughs) I mean, the scripture says it clearly. They made it a place of springs. In other words, they rolled up their sleeves and they got busy changing the atmosphere. See, that right there is the faith attitude of a follower of Jesus. This is the method of enjoying the adventure highway because God in you goes into the low place and transforms it into a place that's teeming with life. And I can get pretty pumped about that. In fact, your low place is very likely the launching pad for your victory. That's why I'm saying, guys, you need to be grateful even in the darkest, driest places. Don't give up. Press through with gratitude on your part. On our citylifecenter.org website, we have a little button that you can click where you can just anonymously leave a message of gratitude to God. Scores have already been submitted, and and I want to just read to you a few of those that have already come in. Listen to this. It says, I'm grateful to God because he rescued my marriage. And the people of this church didn't abandon me in the process. I'm grateful to God for a city where I can walk around feeling safe because of our wonderful police department. I'm grateful to God for blessing me with a wife who is more than I could have ever asked for. She truly is my better half. I'm grateful to God because he has given me a community and a church that looks out for one another and protects one another. I'm grateful to God because I now have a restored relationship with my brother. I'm grateful to God for finally giving me the church and the friends that I've been praying for since I was in high school. I'm grateful to God because I'm no longer a slave to pornography. Gratitude, even in the dry place, but especially in the dry place, it works. It actually unlocks your prayers. How does it do it? It changes your attitude. With that spirit of gratitude, you can begin to press through because your victory is just ahead. Now today, as we close, there are a couple of things I'm going to ask us to do. We're going to do something, a couple of things to respond to this message. And, and one is, an, and both of them are actions. And I just want you to follow with me right now for just a moment. And I I just want to say, please, no movement at this time. Leaders, I'm asking you to please pray now because this is really the most important part of of the day today. And I'd like for you just to, first of all, close your eyes and focus internally for just a moment. If you want to know this Jesus that I talk about and you want a clean slate and you're ready to live your life with a renewed sense of purpose, I want to give you an opportunity to respond. If you want to be included in the closing prayer I'm about to offer and make Jesus the Lord of your life, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. Because that's how you're responding outwardly to what's happening inwardly. Knowing that God loves you so much and He died for you that you can have life and everything can change today. Would you lift your hand if you're saying, that's me, Pastor. I want you to connect your prayers with me and I want to pray that prayer today. Just lift your hand so I can see it and hold it up. Just hold it up until I can see it. Pastor, that's me. I want Jesus in my life today. I want to receive Christ as my Savior. I want to make Him number one in my life. Lift your hand for me, please. Thank you. 
you raise your hand, I want you along with the entire congregation of believers to pray this prayer with me right now. Okay, come on, let's pray. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I believe you're the Son of God. Please forgive my sins. For today I give up my past and I embrace the future you have for me. I choose to touch the sky and be a person of gratitude. In Jesus' name, amen. Second thing I'm going to ask you to do, I'm going to ask you to be specific right now. On your seats as you came in today, each one of you received a little card that says gratitude on it. These are anonymous. You don't have to put your name on it. Uh, But I'm going to ask that you take a moment and write something very specific on here. It can just be a few words. It doesn't have to be a paragraph. Something specific, like like maybe something you heard here. Just a specific detail of your life that you're grateful to God for. Especially, I'm telling you, if you're in a dark place, a dry place, this is powerful here because this unlocks your prayers, guys. I haven't done this before, but I'm going to ask us to do something really different with this. As the the worship team sings this song, I want you to write out what you're grateful for. And and, uh, as you write this out, as soon as you're finished with it, I want you just to simply get out of your seat. Just put it right up here. You just put a face down right at the edge of the platform. I'm I'm going to read all these, and I'm going to, I'm just going to, use them even to help express more gratitude to the Lord around us. But this is kind of like your way of saying, God, I'm grateful for this as I worship. And just bring it up here. Just just put it on the front anywhere on this platform. And then when you return to your seat, just stay standing. Just continue to worship God through the conclusion of this song. I'm going to do it. I want you to do it too. God bless you as you just simply write a few words of gratitude. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. For more information on how you can get involved with City Life locally, text CONNECT to 41411. Again, that's CONNECT to 41411. Or visit us online at citylifecenter.org. We would love to meet you.